0: If it's the weekend, it's time to have fun with your pet. But when it comes to technology, apps, and what's hot, you don't want to waste money or waste your or your pet's time. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. In today's show, Lorian and her guests will keep you in the know to keep your pet happy as well as you and your family. Now here's your host, Lorian Clemens.
1: Happy Saturday, pet lovers. Today, I'm really excited about what we're going to focus on. We're looking at advances in technology and communication that's happening in veterinary clinics and practices across the country. These are things that are helping improve communication with pet parents like us to improve overall health care options for our fur kids. We're going to talk about telemedicine. We're going to talk about some online uh, medical information and advice options that are not scary like a... Dr. Google can often be scary, and we're even going to talk about home laboratory tests for our pets. But first, I want to introduce you to our guest. He is uh, an expert at this type of thing. He is the Director of Veterinary Innovation and Entrepreneurship at the College of Veterinary Science and Biomedical Sciences at Texas A&M University. His name is Dr. Adam Little. Dr. Little, we're excited to have you on the show today.
2: Thank you very much for having me. excited to dig into this.
1: Okay, so let's let's get going. I mentioned that a little bit later in the episode we're going to be talking about telemedicine. In fact, two different companies that are bringing the innovation of telemedicine into the vet space. They they have two kind of different approaches, but I want you to talk in general about, you know, telemedicine and that's and how you think that's going to be changing the face of veterinary medicine and how do vets really feel about it?
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good place to start. And the way that I look at this is how we Really interact with every part of our lives today in a world in which we have information at our fingertips, and whether it's as pet parents or as consumers of of other services, we want information that's accurate, uh, available, um, and personalized. And when we look at uh, our pets in particular, there's a lot of questions that people have, and so we're finding that increasingly people are looking for new avenues to seek out information, and it goes beyond just finding articles and looking for, um, you know, video. Etc. but really talking to veterinarians. On the flip side, the veterinary experience has really not changed significantly since we first built clinics. These are brick and mortar facilities where the expertise is centralized, where the information is centralized, and the equipment is, is kind of all under one roof. And so what we're finding now is that there's new tools and technologies that are allowing these brick and mortar clinics, the veterinarians that we have relationships with, to better be able to support people outside of the clinic, and at the same time, increase demand from parents to build those relationships, sometimes when they're not sure if they should bring their animals in, sometimes if they have follow-up questions after a visit, and we're seeing a variety of use cases emerge and a variety of different platforms that have, uh, have come into play to help. Uh, provide and elevate those uh, client interactions. So it's a really exciting time to be in this space. And I think for both the pet parent perspective, but also the veterinary perspective, uh, increasingly, we increasingly need new ways to form those bonds in a world in which we are uh, all connected.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And I mentioned earlier the, how scary Dr. Google could be because when I'm sitting at home and I'm, I'm not quite sure if I need to take my dog in or not, I Google it. You know, this is what's happening. Yeah. And then there's all this stuff out there and some of it's terrifying. And I love the fact that technology is kind of catching up to the need uh, because people are out there looking for this information online because that's where we live now. And so the fact that we've now got tools that are out there and companies that are using these innovations to create tools for veterinarians, I think is really exciting. Um, What do you think maybe are, what should we pause about? What should we maybe be cautious about when we're looking at these things?
2: Yeah, so so I think you really dig into uh, a couple of important points to highlight. The first is that you know pet owners are looking for easy acce- accessible options. And even within the, the telehealth space, there's a variety that have presented themselves. So I think that there's a, a couple key questions that you want to ask yourself as you look at these tools and begin to use them. The first is beginning to understand, you know, what is the scope of service? What is the type of support that these services are able to provide? Because while there's a lot of different you know ways in which they can support, support, support pet parents in the home, ultimately they haven't seen the animal and they aren't necessarily the same veterinarian that you've seen in in months or years past. And so understanding when you're using these services, um, what is the types of cases and the types of information they can provide, um, and going into that with a little bit of information is usually helpful. And a lot of these services have them on their website. The second piece to understand is what type of connection do they have back to the veterinarian? So for example, you might um, hop on a video chat or a text message conversation, and the answer really is, you know what, you need to bring your animal in. This, This issue sounds serious, or maybe it's not emergent, but it's something that does require attention within the next couple of days. How is the information that you've shared with that service going to be provided back to your veterinarian? How are you going to be able to ensure that the information and the experience that you have translates to a better in-person visit and that there's some sort of connectivity there? and then the third piece is looking a little bit at the, uh, the, the business model, you know, understanding um, what, what's what's this going to cost you as a pet owner? Is this something that you want to be accessing on a monthly basis or is this something that's more of a one-off case? Um, and so there's a variety of questions that you can sort of ask yourselves as you're doing research. A lot of the companies are very forthcoming with this information. And so if you find a, a, maybe a company that isn't, you know, I think that's a, a, an opportunity to pause. And then lastly, I think that this is also a conversation worth having Having with your veterinarian that you're seeing in person? Do you offer these services? Have you considered offering these services? What platform would you recommend? Because ultimately in a lot of cases, we're trying to use these tools not to fragment or disintermediate your veterinary clinic from your relationship, but add to it. And so if you, there's a platform that they prefer, they have comfort working with, um, you know, looking at their recommendation is also something to take into account. So, uh, definitely some questions that are worth asking. And the good news is that these companies are are, are becoming more forthcoming with those answers, um, both on their website, but also when you speak to their people directly.
1: Yeah, I think that's key. And and I, you know, I'm just I'm thinking into the two companies that we're going to talk to, and and they have different ways that they work with veterinarians. But at the end of the day, if you're not working with my veterinarian. I'm not getting the full benefit of what telemedicine has. That's really got to be key. I'm curious, yeah. too, and that's a shortcoming that I, that I see as a consumer and as a pet parent that, you know, if my pet isn't actually getting direct help from my veterinarian through these tools, they're not helpful for me right now. What other kinds of shortcomings do you think are out there? Maybe other innovations that you think, gosh, this is still a big void that we need to fill.
2: So yeah, I think I think this is all part of you know this new model of really connected care, and there's some specific categories that I myself, uh, as a veterinarian, but also in my role with AM that we're actively investigating in. So maybe it's it's worth highlighting a couple of those. I think the first um, other category is this idea of diagnostics, right? And so we've seen these trends in human medicine where you know we're able to take. Um, uh, tests that used to be run with larger sample sizes, with more complex equipment that required specialized expertise to operate, you know, turn into more consumer-friendly um, opportunities. And so, for example, we're seeing today that there's, you know, iPhone apps to help people monitor, you know, diabetes. There's, there's new patches that are able to use sensor technology to obtain uh, vital signs. And so we're at the early days of beginning to see this with our pets. And I think one of the pieces of this story that's really important to, to understand is that these are all intertwined. It's not enough to just give empower pet owners with information, but how does that information translate to a deeper experience with their animal, but also allow them to better connect and utilize their veterinary services? And so we're seeing um, diagnostics around um, urinary samples and, and in-home chronic care monitoring uh, with companies that are looking at empowering pet parents with more accessible and affordable diagnostics and putting that data back in the hands of the veterinarian to have a more informed conversation. We're also seeing devices like litter boxes, collars, leashes, um, uh, food bowls, be turned into Uh, really digital objects that can share information on on your pet's behavior and health. And so we're beginning to connect some of the dots that don't always uh, get connected when the animal's away from the the clinic. And so that's providing the veterinarians unparalleled access and understanding to what's happening outside of the clinic. And now uh, it's up to us to begin to design new uh, care models that make use of this influx of information. So a couple areas that are really exciting right now and, and still at the early stages, but moving quite quickly.
1: Yeah, I, I, I we've actually talked about a lot of those things that you just mentioned either on the show prior or we're going to talk to them today. We're talking to pet gnostics later in the show today, which is exciting. Um, Great. I I think one of my things, I guess, that still gives me pause um, is that I'm curious how much a adoption there is in the veterinary space. We we recently actually switched veterinary care because we were going to a veterinarian who kind of pooped a lot of the stuff that we uh as as young pet parents were really in, interested in and he's like, "Ah, you don't need all that stuff." And so, is there a pushback in the veterinary space for some of this kind of innovation?
2: Yeah, so I I look at this from a couple of different levels. Um, and the reality is, in all these industries that are undergoing rapid transformations as a result of technology, um, if you have done things a certain way, you're now being challenged to to change your practices, right? And healthcare, in particular, both on the human and, and the and the veterinary side, is is undergoing changes where the role of the doctor is really evolving. And what we're seeing now is that maybe three two years ago, this conversation was a lot harder to have with veterinarians who have grown up in a world where really their their job um, and their their roles as veterinarians were very well described. It maybe hadn't changed very much. But what we're seeing now is a couple of things that are really interesting. The first is that as individuals, veterinarians are looking around and saying, you know what, the world is changing. People have higher expectations, and I want to understand how I can better support my clients and my patients because I want to take t- I want to stay a valued member of of their decision making around their pets' health. And so we're seeing that, you know, veterinary schools um, we're seeing that new veterinarians are are wrapping their heads around you know what might my my role look like as a veterinarian in this more connected world. So that's one piece. The second piece, though, is we're seeing new clinic models that are evolving that are creating the the conditions at a a clinic Level or a business level at a hospital level that allow veterinarians to practice that connected care. And I think one of the things that's an interesting, um, you know, idea for veterinarians to wrap their heads around is that you know they're they're really part of a healthcare team. And so it doesn't have to be that as a veterinarian you have to wait on the other end of that text message line for twenty four seven to support hundreds of, of clients that might be uh, looking for advice while at the same time seeing patients, that's not really the future. The, the reality is that we're going to have new tools that allow veterinary clinics to extend their reach and augment the roles of their teams. And so I think if you're a veterinary clinic that's always done things yourself and hasn't really used any of these other pieces, it can be very jarring to all of a sudden try to wrap your head on how do we provide that ele- customer experience. On the flip side, though, there's a lot of businesses that are being created with the approach and philosophy of, hey, we live in this world of incredible tools around us. Let's figure out how we can leverage those to support our client experience. So I think that we're seeing a much more progressive attitude now. The associations are getting on board from a variety of different levels. We've done programs now with the regulators, the veterinary consultants. So it's really becoming a, 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 a conversation that multiple stakeholders are participating in. And frankly, I think that pet owners are now driving themselves and and expecting so those those maybe naysayers are are taking a step back to a more progressive voice in the profession
1: well and i'm sure i mean i mean as much as i hate to say it i mean us moving to a new vet and letting the new vet know hey we're moving to you because of this i think made a profound impact in how they approach us as, as customers as well so that that's great i really wish we had more time unfortunately we don't thank you so much for coming on today
2: thank you very much for having me and enjoy the rest of the day everybody
1: Thank you. Stick around, folks. We've got some really exciting stuff. Like I mentioned, we're going to be talking to two different telemedicine companies, and we're going to be talking to a really cool company that helps you do lab tests like urinalysis at home with your pet so that you can get information to your vets faster and more effectively. Stick around. That's what's coming up next on Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Streaming live
4: Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right.
0: This is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, pet lovers. Today, we're talking about advances in the veterinary space, things that are helping us communicate better with our pets' medical professionals, you know, getting medicine closer to home so we can be more proactive with keeping our pets healthy. Now, one of the newest segments in the veterinary space is online and telemedicine. I mean, you might actually be familiar with this in the human world where you're actually able to call a nurse practitioner or even a doctor and have uh, sort of a, a mini visit over the phone or over Skype or something, well, a lot of that's starting to move now into the veterinary space, and it really can help us when we're trying to get immediate answers when we're worried about our pet's health, not sure if we need to go to the clinic or not. So to help us get started in exploring these new tools that are out there in that segment is Christy Long. She's the chief veterinarian for Pet Coach. It's a really great online and smartphone app that we've talked about here before on the show, and she's with us here today. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek, Christy.
5: Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here.
1: So, tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind Pet Coach and the the service that you guys offer. So,
5: Pet Coach was founded in 2014 by um, actually a couple of non-veterinarians. Interestingly enough, uh, some young Spanish entrepreneurs who I still work with every day. Uh, they had an idea for an expert advice platform, and they were actually accepted into a startup incubator. Um, out of Austin called Dream Ventures, where, you know, a a bit of um, market analysis showed them that, you know, the the market was interested in getting advice about pets from experts in pets. Um, So the product evolved from there with help help from some other entrepreneurs, um, one of which is my current boss, Brock Weatherup, who um, actually purchased the company along with a couple of other investors last summer. Um, Since 2014, Pet Coach has grown by leaps and bounds. We're seeing um, impressive gains in uh, online visits every month. Um, Pet parents come to our website or download and use our app, which allows them to access veterinary experts. Um, They can ask us a question of up to 500 characters in length for free. They can attach up to three pictures to that, um, and our veterinarians will answer that question for them. Uh, They can do a couple other things answer for an additional $4.99, and they can also engage in a call either in a text environment or on the phone with a veterinarian. Um, for more of a back-and-forth um, kind of exchange. So that's basically what the product does in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask because that was when I was looking at this and um, when we were researching it for the show, uh, we couldn't find anything like, really, is this 100%
4: free? Like, this is way too good to be
1: true. <laughs> so explain a little bit about that work. So, like, if I'm a pet parent, like, what would, you know, like the average interaction be if I have something I'm worried about? First thing I come on, I, I type up my initial question, maybe put in a picture or two, and then it shows it, – that, that part's free, correct?
5: Yeah, it is. And and actually, we give you an opportunity to to enter some information about your pet. Um, Obviously, it helps us to know what species you're asking us about, because we do get questions about pretty much everything out there. Um, You know, the gender of your pet, whether it's spayed or neutered. um, Breed is helpful. We um, track your location information, because, you know, obviously, different diseases are more prevalent in different parts of the country. Um, and so that helps us if you give us that additional information, it just helps us to give you a better a better answer. And then um, you're free to type in your question. pet coach is smart enough to use some technology to try to sort of parse through the question that you've asked us, look for specific information about your pet that you've given us, and then show you a number of questions and answers that have already been posed to our experts and answered because you know you, chances are in a lot of times your answer might already have it might already be there. Um, we've answered questions about, you know, why is my dog so itchy? Um, I would be willing to bet thousands of times by now. Uh, so, so you can go ahead and benefit from the advice that people have gotten coming before
1: you. Yeah, I saw that there was like over three hundred thousand answered questions that are just in like a knowledge base there.
5: Yeah, it's mind blowing. Really, we we get around, oh, we get thousands of questions every week for sure. And, uh, and so we, we've had a number of these exchanges already. So,
1: okay. So let's say that then it goes a little bit further and I get my answer back. When does, uh, if I'm going to be doing any kind of money exchange with pet coach, when does that actually kick in?
5: Well, you know, you could, you could decide at the point in time when you're getting ready to ask your question that you would like to have an expedited answer. Um, you would like to get your answer within 30 minutes because you have obviously a sense of urgency about your pet's health and you can pay us at that point. That's an additional 499 to get that answer in 30 minutes. Or you might realize that your pet's particular issue is more involved than just something that you can accomplish in a 500 character exchange. Um, I guess I could give an example. So a lot of behavioral problems are, are more involved and would benefit from back and forth approach. So at that point in time, you might select to go ahead and start a consultation with an expert. Um, we do allow our experts to set their own prices for the, our text consultations. Most of them charge around twenty dollars. Um, phone consultations are set at twenty four ninety nine. So um, it, it, we try to give you some help in terms of deciding whether you're willing to ask a free question and maybe wait for a while for that answer or whether you need to go ahead and get an answer as soon as possible
1: i'm curious do you get any kind of pushback from the local veterinary community i mean for example you know one of the things that I hear a lot nowadays, just in general, is that we're doing so much of our socializing on Facebook and Twitter rather than in person, and there's this detachment. And I think a lot of us feel some comfort with sitting at home on the computer and not having to have that interaction. <laughs> I mean, like, let's face it, we all like to be able to do everything in our pajamas. I get it. Um, but there has got to be, I think, some pushback, you know, because a lot of folks go to Dr. Google instead of going to see a, a veterinarian in person. Do you, are there any concerns right. there?
5: There, there are definite concerns, and, and, you know, I've been a practicing veterinarian. All of pet coach veterinarians are, for the most part, practicing in some capacity now. So, you know, we, we've all been in that situation in the exam room when the, the client comes in with a sheaf of paper that they've printed off of Google regarding what they think their pet's health problems are, and, and they'd like to just get uh, the medication to go home without even, you know, having the veterinarian touch the patient. So, for sure, we understand what that's like, and we're frustrated by the plethora of inaccurate information out there on the internet. Having said that, ever since I've been involved with PetCoach, we've always been really interested in making sure that veterinary telemedicine is done right. We recognize that we're sort of on the cusp of a lot of change. Um, And and frankly, there are going to be plenty of times when this is not a valid exchange for a, a veterinarian and a patient and pet coach veterinarians are very interested in advising people when they do need to go into the vet. And and frankly, that happens a lot of the times that people come to us. But I think that that gives the pet parent um, a level of confidence when they go into the veterinarian that they definitely should be there. And, And one of the interesting byproducts that we've more and more started to realize is that this actually benefits the veterinarian as well, because you know, we don't have to have those long conversations with people about why it is we need to do certain tests or why we need to start certain medications that may involve quite a bit of financial outlay. A lot of times if these if these clients have already talked to pet coach, gotten the same story from that veterinarian and then gone in to see the live actual veterinarian in the practice and heard the same thing, that work is already done. So um, that that buy-in is already there. Um, so I, I think that that while, yes, there may be some initial pushback once veterinarians start to understand how, how this can benefit their own practices, I think that starts to go away.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about that because I noticed when I was uh, you know checking out your site, there's a whole section where you're like how how vert vets can work with you and how other pet health uh, professionals can work with you. Can you talk a little bit about that?
5: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I'm super passionate about is is actually, helping the veterinary community by providing veterinarians with um, other alternate ways to use their skills and earn money as well. Um, I I know I have lots of friends who are very burnt out on their profession and you may or may not know that the suicide rate is quite high amongst veterinarians. So um, we have a lot of uh, veterinarians who are stay at home moms or who are doing part-time veterinary work. Um, People around the world who have maybe moved to a different country um, from the U.S. because of their spouse's job, and now they can't practice. Um, and so Pet Coach provides them with a way, again, to use those skills. So, um, you know, quite frankly, I, I, I just, I, I really enjoy that aspect of what I do that I can offer this kind of um, opportunity to veterinarians. When I um, when, a, when a veterinarian approaches Pet Coach and says, hey, I'd like to learn, out, learn more about what you guys are doing, um, I talk to them uh, on the phone. I, I, I talk personally to everyone who's interested in doing it. Not only do I want to kind of understand the kind of medicine that they practice, but I also want them to know what they're getting into and what uh, what kinds of um, demands we may have on their time. Um, they typically um, kind of go through a little uh, test phase where they uh, get to, you know, see what it feels like to answer pet coach questions and how you might craft an answer that's helpful to a user. Um, And then we monitor their their progress for for a couple of weeks and make sure that they're on target and and providing helpful answers to our pet parents. Um, Most of them get the hang of it really quickly and enjoy it it quite a bit and and find it to be a fun way to use their skills. So
1: what do you think the future is for veterinary telemedicine? I mean, for humans myself, I've actually, like I said, I've called in through my insurance company and I've actually had little mini visits with a nurse practitioner that um, either let me know that, Hey, I got to go to the doctor or, Oh, this is what you can do and take care of it. And then I don't, didn't have to do the visit. So what's the future? Is it that direction that we're going?
5: Yeah, I think it is um, right now. Most states um, constrain us in terms of being able to diagnose or prescribe in this relationship. Most states say, you know, you have to have had, a veterinarian has to have had their hands on the patient Most of the time, they say within the last year, in order to have this kind of exchange and make actual diagnoses or treatments. Um, But I think you're going to start to see that change. Actually, Ontario recently um, decided that veterinarians could establish a legal relationship with the client and the patient strictly by virtual means. Um, So I would not be surprised if you start to see some states in the U.S. following that lead. Um, The American Veterinary Medical Association came out with a paper in January uh, I actually sat on the committee that helped to develop that paper and uh, and kind of laid out their pathway for how they think veterinary telemedicine should go. So I think you are going to, have to see a situation where veterinarians are having video visits with patients and their owners. Um, there are clearly times when it is not appropriate to do that, and I think that as long as we trust veterinarians to make those the call as to when that is, um, then I think that, that this will this will be a valuable tool for pet owners.
1: Awesome. This is fantastic. Tell people how they can work with Pet Coach, how they can access it online in apps.
5: Absolutely. So you can go to PetCoach.co in your browser and access Pet Coach that way, or you can download the app from um, the for your iPhone, your iPad, or your Android device.
1: Thank you so much. This is a really terrific product. I'm really excited to see stuff like this out there. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Long.
5: No problem. I enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: Stick around, Pet Lovers, because we're going to keep digging into these incredible advances in veterinary care next on Pet Lover Geek after a few short messages from Voice America's Variety Channel.
3: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Phenomenon. <laughs> do, do. All right, never mind. <laughs> That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. News. Opinion. Hear me. Hear me. Hear Your voice counts. Me. Me. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 472 5787 VoiceAmerica.com.
0: This is pet lover geek with laurian clemens if you'd like to connect with the show today please call us at 1-866-472-5788 again that's 1-866-472-5788 feeling shy you can also send an email to pet at gmail.com now back to the show
1: Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek, Pet Lovers. Today we are geeking out on advances in the veterinary space. So we're digging into some of the hottest developments in this space, specifically telemedicine for pets. Now we just chatted with Pet Coach and this segment that they are in is on fire. There's a lot of folks that are out there that are trying to create these really great tools that people want to see for their pet's health care that they're using in their own health care. It's all about communication that works for everyone. So another company that's working on providing these cutting-edge communication tools is TeleVet. I am super excited to have Stephen Carter on the show today. Not only is he the co-founder and CEO of TeleVet, but he is also a fellow Sooner, a graduate from the University of Oklahoma like myself. So I'm just thrilled to have him here with us today. Welcome to the show, Stephen.
6: Thanks and I appreciate you inviting us onto the show.
1: Really excited to have you on. I met you guys, what, at NAVC a couple months ago?
6: Back in yeah. the, of the year?
1: Yeah. Okay, great. And I'm excited to hear about all the news because it's been several months since we actually last talked, and I know that you had really exciting movement going. But I want you to first start with what the background. Why did you and Price start Televet?
6: Yeah, so um You know, today it's a really hot topic, but uh, when Price and I started this year and a half, two years ago, um, if you were to talk about telemedicine, people might think you were crazy, uh, especially in the veterinary space. Um, It just wasn't really a topic people were ready to approach. And now when you go to a conference, you can't really go anywhere without hearing the word telemedicine. Um, So when we started things, it was drastically different than it is today. Um, But Price and I really got started. believe it or not we were working on an equine product um, that we were really excited about and a feature of that equine product was um, a telemedicine application and as fate would have it um, as we started to build it out um, equine veterinarians were super excited about it but then we had some small animal uh, veterinarians call us and ask about it and um, they would call us up and say are you the are you the horse guys <laughs> and uh, of course yeah we would just say yes and uh Help them out, and eventually, what we found is that there is this um, surprising need for a platform to commute with or communicate with uh, clients remotely. Um, and as we progressed, we decided, you know what, maybe this is the bigger opportunity. Um, and really, kind of to put the nail in the coffin for us is, <laughs> I had an issue with my pet um, here in Austin. I was sitting on the Lamar bridge for about 45 minutes in traffic. And really at that point I was like, okay, this needs to happen. And so that was kind of the, the, the switch that kind of flipped for us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's times that you can't get your pet in right away, but you really want to be able to communicate and either do what you can do on your own at home before they can get to the vet or, you know, calm you down (laughs) before so that you don't have to run in. And so I'm really excited about telemedicine, and I I have quite a bit of experience in uh, telemedicine from a human uh, platform basis, but tell me a little bit about how it would work for me as a pet parent. What would that experience be like if I was to use TeleVet?
6: Yeah, um, so there's there's two types of telemedicine really kind of being pushed right now. Um, One is... Outside of VCPR and one is inside VCPR. And VCPR is essentially just the veterinary client patient relationship. Um, so, what that essentially means is that has the person you're talking to, the vet you're talking to, actually, uh, do they have a relationship? Have they seen that pet in person? Um, so, for us, we operate within the VCPR model um, as we feel that's the best way to provide healthcare remotely to pets. Um, so the process really starts with um, anyone who's interested in using TeleVet. Um, we ask them to go to our website and recommend their veterinary clinic, and then we'll reach out to them to sign them up. Um, we always encourage them to also, um, outside of just signing them up, you know, talk to their vet and explain why they kind of want this, uh, because vets are always eager to know that their clients are going to use this new service, which most clients are very excited about, um, but once that process is complete, um, at that point, they would just download our application from the um, Android store or iOS, um, and at that point, they would create a profile for themselves as well as their pet. Um, and any time they have an issue, they can then create a new consultation um, and detail those uh, with whatever is going on, uh, whether it's just a simple question or perhaps it's a little more challenging. Um, they can also upload videos um, and images to the consultation, and they can submit it. Um, And at that point, uh, it'll notify the veterinarian that they have a case in their queue, and they can then assign that to one of the veterinarians at the clinic to work on. Um, And as that process goes on, you'll communicate, um, whether that's live video chat, um, text messages, et cetera, um, and you'll communicate with the vet that way. And then uh, they'll either tell you to come into the clinic um, for some additional tests, or they'll resolve it, and then you're done.
1: That, I, I love this. And I actually really like the fact that you guys build this on an existing relationship because it's important from from my perspective to, you know, really enhance that relationship that you already have with your veterinarian and not, I have talked about this in the last segment too, about not just going to Dr. Google or to somebody who really doesn't know your pet to diagnose and to, ha- to help you, you know, provide healthcare for your pet. That Building it on the relationship that you've already got with a vet, I think, is key. That's great.
6: Yeah, and what we found in our experiences is that vets are excited about that. Um, they don't necessarily believe that, you know, vets should be trying to treat pets outside of that relationship because it can lead to complications where perhaps uh, maybe there's a, uh, an allergy that they're not aware of or perhaps um, a previous injury that they're not aware of. Um, and so, really completing that healthcare cycle. Um, is important to have that relationship so they know exactly who they're working with, what's happened in the past, and kind of what can we do in the future to, to make sure that we're, you know, we're providing the proper health care.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really key for, for the listeners to, to realize this isn't something that you can choose to do on an emergency basis. I mean, you can't say, oh gosh, I need to talk to my vet. I need to get them to sign up to tel- for TeleVet right now. This is really more of a, of a long-term health care plan so that you know, because you like you said, you have to get the vet signed up, you have to get your pro- profile for your pet signed up and then uh, establish that communication. And then I suppose it could be used for emergency, but this is something like if you're interested in hearing when you're hearing this now, if you're interested, then now is when you should be encouraging your your vet to get
6: started with this, right? Correct. And um, on our application, if you know just to remind people if it is an emergency, we do have a little bit of text that says, you know if this is an emergency, you know, go immediately to an emergency clinic or call your vet immediately to figure out what needs to be happened or done. Uh, Because we don't want you waiting for uh, critical health care via the application whenever it's immediate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I can see this being like, I mean, I'm just thinking back to recent uh, procedures that were done with my dog. And I was looking at the wound site and I was like, gosh, I'm not sure if that needs to be a visit in. And if I'd been able to, like you said, just file a consultation and say, hey, Is this the way it's supposed to be healing or do I need to bring her in? Would have been so helpful uh, rather than me on the phone trying to explain what it looked like. And they said, oh, why don't you come in? And then I took her all the way in and they go, oh, yeah, it's fine. It would have been so much easier if we'd had a platform like this. So I really am excited about this. Tell me what are some of the challenges because this is like you said, this is brand new. when you and price started this a year and a half ago, it really wasn't much out there that was doing this kind of work. So what are those challenges that you guys have experienced while trying to build this platform and your maybe challenges you're still working to solve?
6: Yeah, there are plenty. Um, there's never an ending uh, challenge to all of this, especially anytime you bring a new technology into a market. Um, but mainly for us, I mean, the challenge is getting veterinarians aware that even something like this exists, um, and then the process of convincing them that, yeah, their clients are super excited about this. Um, and once you go through that process, eventually you get them to sign up, um, and they realize the value that it has not only to their clients, but to the clinic themselves. Um, and from there, it's just a simple matter of how do we best market this to your clients so that they're aware of the te- that you're using this technology. Um, and those are really the main um, struggles that we face right now.
1: So it's a, it's a marketing challenge.
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, because, I mean, there's 25,000 clinics out there. Um, how best do you reach those 25,000? Um, and how, once you do reach them, how do they reach their several thousands of clients um mm-hmm. to work with and so it's a real marketing challenge
1: yeah uh, the joke that that i've heard someone say is this, almost death by a thousand paper cuts because there's so many moving parts to it so tell me what's the future of telemedicine and a platform like televet what do you, what do you see the future applications that you can have here
6: there, honestly, it's unlimited. Um, we have a board of ideas. Um, some of those are, you know, outrageously crazy. Um, and some of those are probably something that you may see in the next few weeks or months. Um, but we do our best to really think outside of the box. I think the the idea of communicating, um, as crazy as this, as this may sound, but the idea of communicating remotely is now kind of a um, it's an old idea, if you will, um, where you have several companies now trying to do this. Um, so now it's just a matter of how can we be even more competitive and how can we even you know, push this envelope further to provide even more value. Um, and some of the things that you'll start seeing soon is we're working with pet wearables um, and integrating with wellness plans, and the idea behind that is um, creating a more comprehensive environment for the pet um, so that we can monitor hydration levels, weight. Um, eating activity habits um, and link that to a wellness plan, um, and through some algorithms, we can say, "Hey, something's not right," and we can trigger a consultation um, with your veterinarian without you actually having to be aware that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's some of the cool stuff that we're looking at um, short term. But long term, we have <laughs> we have some pretty cool ideas. Um, some of them are pretty outrageous that people may go uh, be a little shocked by. But you know, we're we're continually trying to push the envelope with this. Um, and there's a lot of avenues that can be explored. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting that marketing message out there, getting clinics signed up, and getting uh, the, the patients actually using it.
1: Awesome. So tell people where they can go to uh, to get Televet.
6: Yeah. Um, so if you uh, want to recommend your veterinarian, um, you go to www.gettelevet.com. Um, there will be a recommend your vet page uh, that you can fill out the information. Uh, We get those pretty much immediately, and then we'll respond within a week to your uh, veterinary clinic. Uh, We always encourage people to not only just do that, but once you do that, go ahead and tell the vet that you've recommended them and how excited you are for it. Um, And from that point, once they download or once they sign up, um, you go to the iOS store or app store to download uh, TeleVet. Um, And as we talked about before, just create that profile for you and your pet. Fabulous.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today, Stephen. Really exciting stuff. Can't wait to hear more.
6: Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks again.
1: Stick around, folks, because in our last segment, we're going to learn about some incredible new tools that help you test your fur kids with at-home laboratory kits. It's really awesome. That's what's coming up next on Pet Lover Geek on Voice America's Variety Channel.
3: Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
4: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
0: is Pet Lover Geek with Lorian Clemens. If you'd like to connect with the show today, please call us at 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? You can also send an email to PetLoverGeek at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Pet Lover Geek. Have you ever wondered if your pet is really sick or if it's just, you know, your imagination? Or maybe you have a dog or a cat that's getting a little older. It seems like they're in really good health, but you really aren't sure. You want to make sure there isn't some hidden disease just lurking there ready to attack. Well, as they say, knowledge is power. And there's a new, really exciting, innovative tool out called Pet Gnostics. Now, you might have actually seen Pet Gnostics. Petnostics last spring on Shark Tank, and it's a really great product that helps pet parents detect early w- warning signals for medical issues that might be lurking there that you need to get care for. So we are really excited today to have the Petnostics founder, Stephen Chen, on the show. Welcome to Pet Lover Geek.
7: Thanks for having me, Lorian.
1: So, all right, let's, let's go back. Let's start at the beginning. Before Shark Tank, before everything else, what led you to create Gnostics?
7: <laughs> no, good question. Um, so my background is actually in medical devices, and I previously worked for an in vitro manufacturing uh, company. And so at this company, they manufactured a bunch of diagnostic test strips, um, chemistry reagents, and they did this for both humans and animals. And so they were selling um, urinalysis strips to the veterinary clinics. And, you know, seeing like that product and seeing how the veterinarians actually Gave that product to pet parents and had them, you know, kind of use them at home. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that sometimes the veterinarians ask the pet parents to collect the urine at home before bringing um, their pet in, you know, gave me an idea that oh, maybe like if we can make that process a little bit easier. It's a metric reaction, and um, you know, we with uh, an app and everything, if we can read those color changes and really inform the pet parent what the results mean, then the pet parent will be more engaged and more knowledgeable before you know visiting the veterinarian. And that's kind of how the whole idea. For pet got started.
1: Okay, cool. So so um, describe now, I actually worked for years in a, a, a medical, a, a human medical facility. So I've actually done a lot of urinary uh, analysis strips myself, huh? but describe to folks that maybe aren't familiar with the whole idea of, a, of strip testing, how it works. And it's a little tricky with radio. So you need to help us visualize what the experience would be uh, using pet gnostics, say for their dog.
7: Yeah, definitely. So I guess first, let me just give a little background on how these diagnostic strips work. Um, These strips are coated with chemistry, um, chemicals on them. And basically, when they come in contact with urine, they react uh, based on the urine content. And so whether there's glucose in the urine, the now changes certain colors. And so what we did was take that urine strip, and it's the same strip that the veterinarians use in the clinic, and we put it into this all-in-one cup, basically. And so by putting it in this cup, what happens is when you get the urine in the cup, the strip will start to change colors because it comes in contact with the urine. And so once the strip starts changing colors, there's about 60 seconds is how long it takes for the strip to fully react. The app will help you count down that 60 seconds, and basically then will scan the top of the cup for you, the lid basically, and that's where all the colors are. And from that, it will basically analyze the results and tell you, you know, whether you know the results of the urinalysis. And so that can lead to early warning signs for you know potential urinary tract infections or bladder stones, or if mm-hmm. glucose is high, that might be a sign of diabetes. And so in essence, that's how it works. It's a you know the strip changes colors, and the app basically helps you read the color change
1: right and these strips there it's the kind of strips where they have you know the little pads there's a like you know i don't know six or seven little pads in a row along a strip and each pad has a different chemical basis on it that's going to react differently with the urine correct
7: correct yeah the standard uh urinalysis is 10 parameters and that's the one that we use
1: Got it. Got it. Okay. So now here, here's where I think as a pet parent, you're like, okay, yeah, but I go to the doctor's office and I pee in a cup and I leave it in the bathroom and then the nurse comes and gets it. So how is this working with my pets? Like, what do, how am I going to get my dog's pee?
7: No, very good question. And that's a question that we get a lot. And so to get the urine, we have, you know, for dogs, we have a urine collector and what it basically is, um, it's referred to often, oftentimes as a selfie stick, but you know, it's this little ladle with a handle on it and it extends. And so when you're walking your dog, you can kind of scoop underneath there. And so if it's very low profile to the ground, it scoops underneath and you can get the urine that way. Um, if you have a male dog, like I have a, um, uh, Westie uh, poo He's a West Highland Terrier poodle mix, and he's about 18 pounds. But you know, he's a male, and so when I walk him, though, uh, I walk him. I know where he likes to pee. Honestly, I just actually take the cup right behind, and when he lifts up, I just put the cup um, underneath him, and I get the urine that way. <laughs>
1: So it's kind of like a little bit of target practice going on <laughs> with it as well. Um, actually, I think my, I will my say, yeah,
7: like it's one of those. It's, it's really interesting when you first think about it. You're like, oh yeah, how am I going to do this? But once most people, most of our customers, they say, you know, it's one of those things I thought it was would be tricky. But once I did it, it actually was very straightforward.
1: Yeah. And I think actually my dogs, after they looked at me cross-eyed, they'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. Just mom being mom. (laughs) Now let's talk though about the cats because the vast majority of cat owners uh, have litter boxes for their pets. And I know for a fact, if I brought that little selfie stick thing near uh, Houdini, she'd be like, what? And she would not even go near the litter box. How do I do it with cats?
7: So with cats, we have special hydrophobic cat litter And so this uh, cat litter, basically, you replace it, um, your standard litter, with this hydrophobic cat litter. And basically then when your cat urinates um, in the litter box, the urine will sit on top of the litter. And basically there's an included little pipette that you could then uh, pipette up or suck up the urine and put it in the cup.
1: Great. And so for those of us that use an automated robo-litter box like myself, I'd have to switch to a standard box in order to run this test. Not that it would keep me from doing it, but it's just a factor and something that I think pet parents need to be aware of, right?
7: Yes. And we're actually thinking about, we're coming out with a more of a disposable kind of all-in-one kit that has the litter included so that you can kind of, you know, set it up temporarily to use uh, specifically for the test.
1: Perfect. Yeah. That's because for me, I was like, wow, I have to get a whole new litter box in order to do that. But I love that you guys are thinking forward and saying, okay, this is a potential challenge. This is what we're going to innovate in order to meet that challenge. That's awesome. So we talked... These are all based on chemistry, these strips, and they're detecting specific things, and each one of the 10 uh, uh, pad parameters are testing different things. So what types of things can they detect? Aren't there a couple of actually different test uh, kit types for each species?
7: Correct. Um, so you can start with the standard 10 parameters. And the standard 10 parameters, again, is the same test that the veterinarians do, um, usually for their annual checkup. And so this will test for things like glucose, which relates to diabetes. Leukocytes and nitrites are urinary tract infections. Uh, pH is really important for monitoring bladder stones um, to make sure they don't reform. Specific gravity um, can relate to hydration uh blood is never good in the urine and so these are the standard kind of parameters that uh, you can test for in that uh the standard 10 parameter cup now what we also have are disease specific test strips and these are meant for pet parents that have a pet with a pre-existing chronic condition and so for example if your pet has diabetes and your vet tells you to monitor their glucose and ketone levels um you can use our diabetic uh disease specific version which comes with uh you know, basically the strip and only the three, uh, the two parameters that are important to you. And so that would be glucose and ketone. And so these are meant for for more frequent monitoring. And so we have one for also bladder stone monitoring, as well as for urinary tract infections.
1: And that's for both species, you have those?
7: It's for, for dogs and cats.
1: Got it. Okay. So now you mentioned veterinarians that this is the same type of thing that they do at the vets, uh, you know, in the once a year, hopefully once a year, uh, checkup for the pet. So you're working with you've worked I know you have a vet uh, uh, that's working with you because you it's he's uh, talked about on the site. But what about in general? What's the feedback been from vets? What kind of testing did you do with them? Any feedback or even pushback from veterinarians?
7: Yeah, no, very good question. And, you know, I think initially when we first launched, uh, we didn't have our messaging quite right. And I think, you know, we did face some pushback from veterinarians and, you know, they thought we were encroaching on their space and trying to get people to stop going to the vet. And that was never our intention. And I think it just came down to how we messaged the product. And, you know, since then, we've really learned by working closely with veterinarians how to really communicate the value of this test. And really it's meant for in between veterinary visits as a screen and, you know, everywhere in the app now, we kind of have language that says like oh if this result is positive you know, please consult with your veterinarian to really understand what this means and you know what we've found really and this is why we've been getting support from the veterinary community is that when people use this test it actually leads to more engaged relationship between the pet parent and the vet because you know at the end of the day this is a urine screen and this is not a diagnosis so any results or issues that do pop up you still have to go to the veterinarian to then get it treated or to talk right. to your vet on how to best treat treated. And so it really has bridged the gap a little bit um, in terms of making that relationship between the pet parent and the veterinarian stronger.
1: Right. And I, and I do believe truly like the more informed you are as a pet parent, then the better a pet parents you can be. And certainly being an advocate for your, your pet in the veterinarian uh, space is important. I, I'm curious, now, and I haven't actually gotten to try this out yet. I know I'm going to try it out here soon. But can I use that app to communicate with my vet? Like, can I send the, the results that I got?
7: Definitely. And so in the app, you can share the results easily um, with your veterinarian, uh, with anyone. You can email it out. Um, and so uh, we make it very easy to do so. And that's what we encourage our uh, customers to do.
1: Awesome. Now you mentioned, uh, you mentioned already some innovations that you're thinking about, particularly with like cats and making it an all inclusive kit type of thing. What are the kind of innovations or even maybe integrations that you have on the horizon, the future of pet gnostics?
7: Yeah, so we're very excited about the future. We have, um, you know, kind of more different types of urine tests coming along. We have one that's in the works for Lyme disease and another one for monitoring kidney function, um, kidney um, failure and things like that, um, or kidney disease, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so those are on the urinary side, but we're actually also expanding now um, our focus to do some more additional testing. And that may include fecal testing to kind of look for worms. And then also um, a big one that we're working on is allergy testing.
1: Oh, that would be great because that's such a concern now. And, and I know a lot of people say, oh, my dog's allergic to that. And they don't really necessarily have them tested because it's really expensive. That would be fantastic if there was some uh, help out there to be able to get that started at home before going to the vet. That's cool. Tell me something. One, one, little, one little thing I, I, I want to make sure that we get is tell, tell people how they can get it and what their options are for, for getting these tests.
7: Yeah, you can definitely pick one up. Um, you can buy one from our website, petnostics.com. But we're also available um, in all 230 Myers stores. Um, and so Meyers, um, if you go to Myers, you can kind of uh, pick us up or pick up our product there. We're also in Healthy Spot here in Southern California, um, those stores. And we're also available on Amazon.
1: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Stephen. Really exciting uh, product. Glad you were out there.
7: Thanks again for having me, Lorian. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. That's all we have time for today, folks. I'm so excited that we got to chat about all of the new exciting advances that are out there in technology that help us better communicate with our pets veterinarians so we can provide better overall healthcare. Really great stuff. I want to thank my guests, Dr. Adam Little, uh, Stephen Chen. We just heard from Petnostics. I want to thank Dr. Christy Long from Pet Coach and Stephen Carter from Get TeleVet uh, for their great insight and telling us all about these great new tools that are out there. Out there, Next month uh, is coming up in July. A lot of really great stuff coming up next month. We're going to talk about lost pet recovery because it is lost pet prevention month. We're going to talk about how to set up your household, all your fur kids for new kids coming into the household. What do you do when you have a new baby coming into the house or perhaps you're adopting an older child? How do you get those fur kids ready for human kids and we're also going to take a look at some of the really unique treats that are out there Uh, really fun exciting treats that are using cutting edge technology and ways of looking at nutrition to give great stuff for our fur kids that's what's coming up next month in july on pet lover geek i hope you join me on every saturday to hear what's new in geek and tech in the pet industry you've been listening to pet lover geek on voice america's variety channel